Reader's Digest carried the story in 1996 that a friend often told me about the problems he was having getting his son to clean his room. The son would always agree to tidy up, but then he wouldn't follow through. After high school, the young man joined the Marine Corps. And when he came home from leave after basic training, his father asked him what he had learned in the service. Dad, he said, I learned what now means. <laughs> oh, I'll tell you what, isn't that good that some of us could just learn that? What now means. <laughs> Boy, you can just see all the things that are in that one statement, can't you? Well, it's good that we learn some of the things that God wants us to teach us and learn them, learn them. The best way. We're talking right now about fruit and produce. And that may not exactly be what you're thinking it is. But we'll, yeah, we'll figure that out as we go on here. Fruit and produce. We're going to be over in Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7. Some weeks ago, part of the thing that in, in our Bearing Fruit series we looked at was tracking our progress. And we looked at three things. And I hope, I'm sure all of you probably pinpointed where you were in this. But we looked at the first step is what I need. Second one was what God wants of me. And the third is what others need. That's where God wants us to get to, is to what others need. And not just to be focused on what we need, or just to be focused on, well, God, what do I have to do for you? What do I need to do for you? But then they begin to look at how we can minister and how we can help other people. That produces fruit. That's something that God wants us to grow into and has commanded us to, to do. Boy, I tell you what, we learn each of those steps and we move along with God along the way, oh, boy, it gets good. But we want to talk about some things here in the area of, of fruit as we've been looking at in the last couple of weeks about retraining, getting ourselves retrained into another way of thinking, out of the old way and into the new way. Over in Matthew chapter 7 and verse 15, it says, Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravenous wolves. You will know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Beware of false prophets. The term false prophets can, well, I put it in your outline. Why does the term false prophets contain the word prophets? Doesn't prophet usually connotate something good? But these are false prophets, so that's, it's a false good. Well, it's in there because they appear or present themselves as one of God's prophets. False prophets are people who present themselves as one of God's prophets. They appear to be a prophet of God. How many of y'all know people who go around thinking that they're prophets or say prophetic things or whatever? But it says that they're false prophets and it says to beware of them. Now you say beware, it's usually going to cause you harm. How many of you have ever seen those signs outside, you know, the big electrical closet? Beware. You go up, uh, Pico's got signs on all their, their power stations. Got a, a gate, lock gate, and a big sign that says, Beware. Beware. My son and I, we were out the, over in the Poconos and we were delivering some bunk beds. And they have a, we went to this place that had a whole lot of dams. And we came up to one dam and we, we drove by it going to uh, where two of the houses were located. And we saw it out of the corner of our eyes. Says, oh, that looks like a good dam. That looks like a fun one. But we were trying to get over to the place where we were. And I sort of figured we were coming back by there. And so we went up there. We delivered the two. And then we came on back. And then we saw it again. And there's this little area we could pull off on the road. And so we pulled off in this little area of the road. And we got out. And we, got, we took a walk up to where the dam was. And they had signs all over. Beware. 
danger, all that sort of stuff. Now, I don't know exactly because, you know, there was no line. So we didn't know exactly where they didn't want us to stand. So we took a guess. And so we went up to the fence and we figured you shouldn't go beyond the fence because the water was on the other fence. But I was amazed at how close the fence was to where the dam was. This is pretty cool. And this was not a slow-moving dam. This dam, it was, it was some moving water. And so we got there and we soaked in all that we could on the dam because it was just, it was an unusual one. There's one spot where the water was freely flowing over and other spots where it was kind of flowing over rocks and things like that. And it just was really cool. But a big sign, beware. Beware. What's beware mean? Now, beware is not do not enter, is it? Beware is be careful. Sometimes you'll, you'll find some, some signs in the winter. Beware. Ice forms on bridge before road. <laughs> Have you seen that one? doesn't mean don't go on the bridge. It just means be alert. Be careful. And so when he says beware of false prophets, he's not saying don't go near prophets. He's saying beware of false ones. Beware. There's false ones. And if it's a false one, it can... Bring harm to you. So beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing. But inwardly they are ravenous wolves. Now if we read this literally, we're looking around for people with a sheep costume. Right? We don't find false prophets wearing sheep costumes because if we saw somebody in a sheep costume, that'd be easy to tell, right? Beware of false prophets. You see, generally they don't look like sheep. They're not, you know, it's not like Red Riding Hood where the wolf puts on a disguise to come on in and to, to eat the grandma or the or whatever it is that uh, I haven't read that in a long time and wasn't that much into it when I did read it. So he wanted to eat something. I'm not sure if it was the girl or the or the grandmother or if he ate the grandmother. But anyway, someone was going to get eaten in order to pull that off, the wolf had to dress up. Beware of false prophets. In other words, there are going to be some people that will come into your life presenting themselves as prophets of God, but they will be false. And he says, beware. Beware. Jesus, when he was asked at the end times, his first things out of his mouth was, be careful that no one deceive you. Another way of saying beware, isn't it? For many will come in my name. They appear or present themselves as one of God's prophets, but they are attached to the wrong vine. So because they're attached to the wrong vine, they are a false prophet. You can be attached to a vine different from God because we've read in John chapter 15 that I am the true vine, which means there are false vines and a false prophet be one who's attached to the false vine. But he's going to have fruits being attached to something, he's going to have fruits of that thing he's attached to. But it'll be false fruits. It'll be a false prophet. The emphasis is on the, their gift, not their source. Whenever a false prophet comes in among you, the emphasis is on the gift that they have of prophecy, of saying things. Now, you've got to be real careful in the area of prophecy because there are things that are just known in their spirit realm. Who you are is known in the spirit realm. You don't have to be a prophet of God to know in the spirit realm who you are. If people can pick up in the spirit realm things, then they can pick up on who you are. They can pick up on how diligent you are. 
They can pick up on how godly you are. They can pick up on how uh, how sold out for God. How and they can list all kinds of qualities about you, and they can be right. And you'll hear these things and begin to say, "Oh wow, oh," and they'll get your attention. Why? Because someone is telling me I'm okay. Someone is telling me I'm good. Someone is telling me I have value. Oh, this is oh, oh, thank you. Oh, yeah, I want to hear that. I have value. And we, we enjoy that. And so the false prophet comes in with something in that way. Now, a false prophet is very much like the TV advertisements for a, a special product. What do they call those? Uh, they have a name for them. I forget it now. Uh, but the infomercials. You know, the infomercial comes on and they talk about the Ginzu knife. They can cut soda cans and... and uh, all sorts of stuff like that, and then go over and cut the tomato real, real, real thin, and they can bang on it with a hammer, and it still works, and all kinds of stuff they can do. And so we begin to think, I need a Ginsu knife. If I had a Ginsu knife, I won't need any of these other knives that I have. But, you know, of course, we get the Ginsu knife in, and then we find out, well, I still need the other knives. So now we have a Ginsu knife and all the other knives. But we got the Ginsu knife. And then, of course, we see those those things on the on the TV that come on, they come on, and for forty nine ninety five, you can get this, and it's going to revolutionize your kitchen. It's going to revolutionize the way you cook. You're going to lose weight. You're going to gain weight. You're going to gain muscle. You're, whatever it is that you want to do, it's going to do it. For forty nine ninety five, and you're thinking, you know, it's just a little bit out of my of my uh, price range. And then you hear, but wait, there it is. And we've all heard it. But wait, <laughs> if you act right now, if you order in the next thirty minutes. Instead of forty nine ninety five, it is twenty nine ninety five, and we think, oh, I can I can I can maybe do that, you know, forty nine ninety five. That was pushing it for me, but twenty nine ninety five, I can do twenty nine ninety five, and so we're on the now we're on the fence. Before we said, now nah, I can't really do that. Now we're on the fence. Now I'm thinking, just maybe I might do it. But wait, if you order right now, we will we will double the offer, and you'll get this one and this one for twenty nine ninety five. And in parentheses it says. Plus shipping and handling. We've all seen them. <laughs> so you got to pay the extra shipping and handling for the second product, which is generally half of the twenty nine ninety five. And so by the time you get all done, you end up spending fifty bucks anyway. <laughs> but now you got two of them, and it's going to revolutionize the way that you cook. It's going to revolutionize the way that you enjoy food or store food or whatever it is. It's going to do. It's going to help you out. And then it comes in, and you all know we use them for a while, and then you know they kind of it's not so revolutionary. It's not so good. But then, you know, we'll be up at 2 o'clock in the morning again and here comes another infomercial. Oh, look at that. <laughs> and we'll see another one. It's just what the false prophets do. The false prophets will come in and they will tell you something good about you. They will tell you something that you want to hear to get you to, to come on in. And they have to appear as if, as if they're godly. And so, you know, oh, God sees whatever it is that you're doing. God understands that you're this way. God understands that you've been having a hard time. God understands that things have not been so good. Oh, God understands the attack that you're under. God understands the way... Don't they do that? What are they trying to do? Trying to lure you in. They are a false prophet. And they have to come in with something that will lure you in. He says, beware of false prophets. Beware of them. Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravenous wolves. 
Now, and think about the infomercials again. Does the infomercial, infomercial really care if you lose weight? Do they really care if they revolutionize the way that you cook? Do they really care if your day is saved because now you can cook meals in 20 minutes or less? What do they care about? Getting your twenty nine ninety five plus shipping and handling. That's all they want. They want your twenty nine ninety five. But they're going to come across as if I care about you, and how you're preparing, how tight your schedule is, and how much you need this product. They they come across that way. The false prophet folks does does the same thing. Does exactly the same thing. They're coming in. They want to sell you on the fact that they understand how much God cares about you. They want to present a message that you want to hear. But they emphasize the gift, not the source. Source doesn't matter. You have to understand that spiritual information is not just available through heaven. There is information about you in the Spirit all over the place. Think of the Internet. Do you know that there is information on websites that you do not even know exist and they have information about you? Just because you don't know it doesn't mean it's not out there. They got it out there. They emphasize the gift, not the source. Now understand this. I'll put this in your outline. This is real important for you to understand. There is a difference between a false prophet and one that is immature. There is a difference between a false prophet and one that is just immature. Don't put an immature prophet into the category of a false prophet. Until they prove themselves to be a false prophet. And just because a person comes out and speaks things to you doesn't mean that they're a false prophet. The Word of God tells us to not despise prophetic utterances. What's that mean? It means don't despise prophetic utterances. (laughs) That's what it means. Because we can despise them because there's people out there that are false. How many of y'all know that there's counterfeit money? Doesn't stop you from using the real stuff though, does it? So you know there's counterfeit stuff out there. You still use the real stuff. No problem with it, right? Just so you don't get one of those counterfeit ones, that's okay. Well, there's counterfeit prophets out there. That doesn't mean that the right ones shouldn't be honored and used and enjoyed and so forth. Sheep's clothing is to look on the outside like they are genuine. But on the inside, ha-ha. <laughs> on the inside, it's not quite the same thing. On the inside, they're ravenous wolves. On the inside... Their, their focus is to consume you, to get something from you. They need something from you. And so they got to put whatever clothing on they have to do in order to get that from you. Use the example of a used car here. Ever may have ever bought a used car. If the car was a lemon when it was new, it is probably a lemon when it is used. And if the dealer realizes that this is a lemon that they have and they need to sell the lemon, they can put new tires. They can put new bright, shiny rims. They can paint the car. They can detail the car inside so that it all smells nice. They can clean out the engine. They can do some things to tweak the engine to make that engine sound really good. They can put an aluminum muffler on it. Boy, that looks nice. Look out. Oh, look how shiny that is. They can put new upholstery on the inside. They can put a brand new leather-wrapped steering wheel in there. They can do all this sort of stuff, but what are they trying to do? Distract you from the fact that this is a lemon. They want you to focus on the other things. They want you to focus on the outward things, whereas inwardly the car is... 
No matter what you do to the outside of that car, inwardly, the car is a lemon. It is a bad car. Yes, the car is not working well. It's having engine problems. It's having whatever else it is. And so, you know, now they have the commercial out there. Get the facts. Advertising the, you know, the certain service that they have that uh, you can find out what this car has been through. And verse 16. You will know them by their fruits. You will know them by their fruits. Now, this word here, know, is not the word oida, which, which would talk about Absolute knowledge, instant knowledge. That I'll, you know, some, I'll, I'll give you an example of this. How many times has the Holy Spirit revealed something to you? That's kind of, kind of like oida knowledge. All of a sudden you are in the knowledge of the thing. All of a sudden you understand what that thing is. It is also not the word gnosko. Gnosko is a kind of knowledge that you grow into. It is the word epignosko. And what that means, it's, it's very similar to gnosko, but it means to observe to fully perceive, to notice attentively, to discern or to recognize. And it suggests generally a, di- a directive, a more special recognition of the object known than does Gnosko. Boy, I tell you what, we could spend time, and we have in the past, but we're not going to spend it here today. We could spend time on the words to know. Oh, what a fun thing it would be. And just to study this word compared to how it's used with Gnosko, very interesting study. But we're not here to do that here now. But what this is talking about is he says, let me read the verse again. You will know them, you will epignosco, you will know them by their fruits. This is not an oida. It is not an absolute knowledge. It is not a thing that you're going to walk up to a false prophet and instantly know, false prophet. He's not saying that. He's not even saying that there's a responsibility that you have that in the spirit it will be revealed. That instantly you'll know that's a false prophet. Because you've got to be careful about some of those instant judgments we make on folks. You've got to be a little careful on that because we can instantly judge some people right out of our life and they were actually genuine. What he's talking about is to observe, to fully perceive, to notice attentively, to discern, to recognize. That's what the word means. So you will know them by their fruits. Not by their magnificent prophecies. Not by their magnificent knowledge of who you are in the realm of the Spirit. You will know them by their fruits. And then he goes on and he says this. This is a real interesting second part of the verse. Do men gather grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? What in the world does that mean? Talking about false prophets. In other words... Would you go up to a thorn bush? How many have had thorn bushes in their yards? Anybody like to put out birdseed? You know what birdseed is? Thistles. Weed seeds. And you know, and you know, the squirrels always come over and they're sloppy. And they knock the stuff all over. And the, it'll get to growing. And then you'll have some of these thorns that'll grow up in your yard. From the birdseed that you put out. And you don't like those, do you? Would you go to a thistle bush, a thorn bush to look for grapes. No, you're smarter than that, aren't you? We wouldn't do that. And that's what he's talking about right here. He says, do you do men gather grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? No, they don't produce that. Then why would you go to a false prophet for knowledge for words from God? They're not attached to the vine. 
But believers are going to false prophets because of the spectacular, because of the emphasis on the gift, because, oh, but they said stuff about me. Oh, but they, they, they said this. And no one else would have known that. Please understand that God knows you and so does the devil. The devil knows you. I mean, his kingdom knows you. I'm not saying that Satan personally knows you. But his kingdom knows you. And all the, one of the guys from the kingdom who knows you, because you've got to go up there and whisper to the false prophets and things. and looks good. In the end times, when the Antichrist comes, he's going to have his own uh, prophet. And this guy's going to do some spectacular things. We're talking a false prophet that is in the league that you have not seen yet. A false prophet who does miraculous works. The works are so miraculous. They are so powerful and so possibly, or so possible is it to deceive the elect that God says that in that day, I am going to bring back two prophets to counteract him in the person of Elijah and Moses. And that they would go around and do all kinds of extraordinary wonders because the people have this magnificent false prophet doing things and deceiving a whole lot of people. The Word of God tells us that the false prophet does things to give power to the Antichrist. There's going to be some very powerful things done. Signs and wonders done. And in the end time, in the Antichrist, during the Antichrist time, during the middle part of it, the false prophet is going to do something to bring life to an image that is set up in the temple and bring that image alive. And we're seeing a whole lot of the forerunners of that. Every time you see those statues crying, the statues bleeding, or people saying that the statues smiling at them, or people finding Mary in, in their pancake breakfast, and all the other things that, you know, they're being set up for it. Don't go chasing after that. That stuff is false. That stuff is wrong. That stuff isn't right. That's not how God does things. You go back to the Word of God, you find out how people get healed. They don't get healed by going up to statues that are bleeding or statues that are crying. That's not how they do it. The only time we really saw any animated statues in the entire New Testament, in the whole uh, Bible, is when the God, that when the, when the Ark of the Covenant was brought into the Philistines' camp and their God bowed down to it. Their stone God bowed down to, to the Ark. <laughs> That's animated. <laughs> He's, he was there. He was standing tall. And they brought the ark near it. And the, remember, remember that story? And, the, and that Dagon, I believe the God was, uh, he bowed down to this thing. They said, we can't have this. We can't have our gods bowing down. We've got to get rid of that God. <laughs> because they wanted to have their God in there. That's the only animated statue that you had. They bowed down to God. Don't believe in animated statues. If you hear of animated statues, instantly no. Instantly no. You don't have to read the Bible. You don't have to call up your pastor. You don't have to to do research. Instantly no. It is wrong. It is a forerunner to what Antichrist is bringing in. And people are getting ready to it. Because what happens when a statue gets animated? People go. That's all you need to know. They're being set up. This is what they're being set up for. Laugh at it. That's the most ridiculous thing in the world. What in the world are you going after stuff like that for? False prophets, people associated with them, what are they, what are they of? Well, you don't know. It don't matter. False prophets are easy to tell. How can you tell a false prophet? 
Just look for the guys wrapped up in sheep, right? That's all. Just look around. Oh, there's a sheep guy right there. Uh huh. Yeah, he's false. No, you will know them by their fruits. We don't go to thorn bushes for grapes. We don't go to, to thistles for figs. It's not going to happen. Well, if we're going to gather, we must determine the plant or the tree in order to determine if the fruit is beneficial. That's what you got to find out. If you were involved in Boy Scouts, I don't know if the Girl Scouts did this. I was not involved in Girl Scouts. They wouldn't let me. I didn't try, but I'm sure that they wouldn't have let me. But I know in the Boy Scouts, and you go out there in the, in the field, into the, into, the, uh, into the bushes and stuff, and they teach you, you can eat this. Don't eat this. You can eat that. Don't eat this. And we would learn a lot of things that you could do out there in the, in, 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 in the survival. And some of the things, I mean, just simple, easy. They taught us how to, how to, you know, I don't drink coffee, but I guess if you made tea, it would work. They taught us how to boil water when you're out there in the wilderness. And it depends on what you have. If you had paper cups there, paper cups are easy. You put the paper cup in the fire with the water. And that's how you get boiling water. And everybody thinks, well, the paper cup would burn. No. No, the paper cup will burn all the way down to where the water is. And then it stops. Because the water won't let the paper get to the temperature it needs to in order to burn. Now, don't go trying this with foam cup. It doesn't work with foam cup. It works with paper cup. So you take a paper cup, put it in the fire... Water gets to be boiling, take the, the cup back out, you take the water, pour it in whatever it is you want to do, and you can go fill it up and do another one. So you, you can do, the Boy Scouts teach you that sort of stuff. You know, if you, you need to have hot water or, you know, you want tea or coffee or stuff like that, there you can, you can have it. They'll teach you, you know, when you're out there, you can eat this. But, you know, this thing, these berries over here, don't eat those. They're bad. They'll, they'll hurt you. They'll make you sick or they'll kill you or they'll something. So we've got to know what the tree is. If you're going to go out and gather, you've got to know what the tree is. You've got to know whether the thing is beneficial. You know, if you go out to an apple tree, are there certain apples that are poisonous? An apple tree is good for you, isn't it? I don't know of any poisonous apples. I know that there's this fairy tale about a poisonous apple, but I think that was an apple, good apple, made poisonous. I think that the ones God makes are okay. Oranges, there's no poisonous oranges out there, are there? Have a poisonous banana. So you have to be careful about what banana tree you pick your bananas from. Because that one could be a poisonous banana. No, bananas are good. Oranges are good. Apples are good. We've got to determine the tree. If you can determine that the false prophet is a false prophet, then what comes out of his tree, whatever comes out from there, not good. Whatever I take from it, it's going to hurt me. It will hurt. In Matthew uh, 7, Matthew 7, uh, Verse 17, even so, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. Now, that's real deep stuff there. Let's read it again. Every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. So if the prophet is bad, then the fruit is? Then anything you take from the, the, the bad? Bad. There's no good. Nothing. Nothing. No, nothing good at all. Zip. It's either good or it's bad. That's all there is to it. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Sounds just like what he was teaching about the vine, doesn't it? 
Every branch that doesn't produce fruit is cut down. Now he says every tree that does not bear fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Therefore, by their fruits, you will know them. By their fruits, you will know them. Well, good tree, good fruit. By their fruits, you will know them. By their fruits, you will know them. Sometimes, you know, we, we, we look at people and we try and judge things based on outward characteristics. You can't always judge people on outward characteristics. You can't even, if, you, if a person outwardly looks, well, I'm not so sure about this one. I can't judge that. I gotta get to know who the person is. Who is this person? Is this person any good? What are they, what's going on on the inside of the person? There was a story about Marvin, Marvin Gregory. Now you tell me, financial genius or not? He tells a, or Marvin Gregory tells the story of a junk dealer who became a millionaire even though he only had an eighth grade education. Eighth grade education, junk dealer, became a millionaire. So somebody asked him how he was able to make a million dollars in spite of the lack of formal training he had. And here's what he said. Well, it ain't hard. I just bought junk for a dollar and sold it for two dollars. You'd be surprised how quickly that one percent profit adds up. That's right. I <laughs> say he's not all that smart. But he did figure out if I bought stuff for a buck and sold it for two, I'm making money. He thought it was 1%. <laughs> now, you listen to the guy talk and you don't get the idea that this guy's a real genius. But if he became a millionaire, <laughs> hmm, you look at him outwardly, well, I don't know, the eighth grade, he doesn't even know some words that you know. Then I don't put whole sentences together. We gotta judge on, on things that are different. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Therefore, by their fruits, by their fruits, you will know them. Get to know the fruit. We talked about what fruit was. You all should have a good idea, good handle on what fruit is. If not, go back up on the internet, download the earlier ones, and go over it again. Verse 21, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Now, this is a couple of verses that give some people some fits. And people scratch their heads and they wonder, what is going on here? And maybe I'm not going to make it after all. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name and done many wonders in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. All right, let's break this down. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven. But he who does the will of my Father. He who does the will of my Father in heaven. So what's the difference? What you say doesn't get you into heaven. But I thought that the Word of God says that if you confess with your mouth, the Lord Jesus... I thought that that's what it was talking about there. So how come these guys say, Lord, Lord, they're, they're ascribing lordship to the, Lord, to the Father, to the Lord. How come they don't get in? Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven. 
Now, verse 21 is actually easiest, the easiest of all these verses to swallow because it says, not everyone. How many can believe that not everyone who says, Lord, Lord? How many of y'all know people out there, you don't have a really have a problem with this. Not everyone who says, Lord, Lord is going to get into the kingdom of heaven. We don't really have a problem with that. But when he gets to verse 22, many will say to me in that day. Now, verse 21, not everyone. How many know that many is different from not everyone? <laughs> so he first starts out, not everyone. But now he goes, many. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name? How many are going to do this? Not a few, huh? Many. If many people are doing it, wouldn't you say it was common? Boy, that can just spare, uh, scare the righteous garment right off of you, can it? Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. So what he's basically teaching here is this. If you cast out demons in the name of Jesus, if you prophesy in the name of Jesus, and if you do wonders in the name of Jesus, you're on your way to hell. No. <laughs> you know that's not right, is it? But then how is this possible? How is it possible that people can go out and prophesy in His name? Well, He's teaching about false prophets. He's telling you how to determine a false prophet. A false prophet is not just a person who's of the Satan's kingdom. This is a person passing themselves off as godly in order to get in. They put on sheep's clothing because they know who they are will not be accepted and who they are will reveal what's going on. We are seeing the same thing go on in our, our day and age now. Constantly, we are privy to this. How many times have we seen politicians who act one way and as soon as they find out the camera is on them, change their behavior? Why? Because who I am cannot come out. I, 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 people can't see who I am. I gotta, I gotta conceal, I gotta cover that up. There's a lot of times the politicians, you, if you ask them a direct question, you don't get a direct answer. Why? Because I gotta keep the sheep's clothing on in order for, if people see who I am, if people see what I believe, then they won't vote for me, then they won't like me, or whatever it is that's going on. And they, they feel like they gotta cover it up. And you can have that on, you know, any side of the aisle that you're on. Any conservative, liberal, moderate, don't matter. If people are one way, but they don't believe people will accept them for that, then they say things and do things to cover themselves up because I cannot present myself as being this way. People will not accept it. And so what are they doing? Going around in sheep's clothing or being false to who they are and what they believe. You have uh, preachers who go on talk shows and TV shows and people ask them the question, do you believe that Jesus Christ is the only way to heaven? And if they are a preacher of the gospel, what do they believe? Well, yes, he is. He is the only way. Can you be a preacher of the gospel and not believe that Jesus is the only way? Can you be a preacher of the gospel of Jesus Christ and believe, well, you know, there's a whole lot of different ways you can get there. And I think as long as people are sincere, <laughs> we can't do that, can we? Because Jesus says, I am the way. This, this is it. There's no other way. No other way to the Father but by me. So if we are a Christian, if we follow after the teachings of Jesus, 
then we must believe what he says and we should stand up and say, yep, that's what I believe. But see, because I'm not going to be accepted, I got to put something else out there. I got some, I got to let people see something different. If we ever get into a place where we are presenting ourselves as something different from who God makes us or who God is making us into or who we are because of the beliefs we have in the gospel, folks, we could be following along what he's talking about right here. Now you go over to another verse of scripture. I didn't pull this on your outline, but you know it. Jesus said, if you confess me before men, I'll do what? I'll forget you when you get here. He said, he does what? I'll confess you. See, see, you all knew that verse. If you confess me before men, I will confess you before my Father. If you'll stand up for me before men, if you'll stand up for my truth, I'll confess you before my Father. Jesus said that in this world you have persecution because of the the Word. Because of the Word, you will have persecution in this world. The world will persecute the Word that is in you. And so the temptation is to cover up the Word that is in you to avoid the persecution. But don't do it. Stand up to it. Stand up for the word that is in you. Believe the word. Don't cover it up. Oh yeah, but you don't know what's... Don't matter. Don't cover it up. Be who you are. Be genuine. Many people will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, we have, not, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name. And I'm sure that the list would go on more than this because they're just trying to, to list these great things that have been done. I'm sure that these people could probably also say, but we were in church every Sunday. <laughs> we even went to Wednesday night service. I even listened to tapes on CD, tape CDs and MP3s. Verse 23. And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me. You who what? See, there's the key. There's the key. You who practice lawlessness. What is he saying about this group of people? Stop listening to what they say. Stop looking at what they do. Who are they? Who are they? They practice lawlessness. Therefore, who are they? Unlawful people. People that are not governed by the laws of God. And yet they're going out and casting out demons. They're going out and they're doing all these other things. But they never got to a place where they practiced righteousness. They didn't change who they were. Not everyone that says to me, Lord, Lord, are we in danger of not getting in? Because do, do we not all say, Lord, Lord? <laughs> I hope so. I do. It is not saying, it's not the saying that gets, gets us in. It must be teamed up with the doing. Just because you go around saying, Lord, Lord, doesn't mean that you gotta, you gotta be in the doing part. If you are a practice, practicer of lawlessness, then you may say, Lord, Lord, but He is not Lord because you are practicing lawlessness. Right? How many people have ever been pulled over by a police officer driving around on the road? What's your first thought? But I didn't do anything. <laughs> right? And then our first, what, what could I have done? I'm a law-abiding, practicing person. How come this police officer has pulled me over on the side of the road? Why would he have done that, that thing? 
And of course, they come on over there. You know, do you know why I pulled you over? No, officer, I have no idea. I was far. I was going the right speed. I was, don't we do all that? We're going over. We're trying to show them. You know, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm righteous. You know, we we liked watching that movie. It came out a, a, a long time ago. We saw it when it came on TV, and the guy gets pulled over and he can't tell any lies. I was so funny. The guy pulls him over. And says, "Do you know why I pulled you over?" He says, "Well, it depends on how long you were telling me." <laughs> <laughs> and so he says, all right, let's start at the beginning. So he started all the way at the beginning and told all the different traffic things that he broke just that time. And boy, he got quite a ticket. <laughs> that was funny. Many will say, we have done. Now, I missed a, a word in there, but should have typed in there, what are they doing? What are they not doing? Many will say, we have done. We have cast out demons. We've done many wonderful works. We have prophesied in your name. They're looking at what they have done, but Jesus is looking at what they have not done. So what are they not doing? Now he says here, I never knew you. It's not the same word that was used before to know the false prophets. It is back to the word gnosko, the one we're more familiar with. Again, we could really have some fun going into these words, but that's not what we're here to do here today. This is talking about a general... A general knowledge of, of getting to know someone, of experiential knowledge. It's not quite the specific word that came before. I never knew you. He's even talking at a lower level, Gnosko. I never even got to know you on that level. I never knew you. There is a difference between working the godly principles and working His will, folks. There is a difference between working the godly principles and working His will. And you've got to come into that difference. Sometimes people are out there working the godly principles, but they're not working His will. We've got to work the will of the Father. We've got to do His will. Jesus said, I am here to do the will of my Father. That's what He was here to do. And He just did it. He only did, if the Father willed it, He did it. If the Father told Him to say it, He said it. The words He spoke were the words the Father gave Him. That's what He was about. That's what we have to imitate. But too often people want to imitate the works of Jesus and they don't want to want to imitate how He did it. He went about doing the will of the Father. There is a difference between working the godly principles and working His will. So look at this. If I do the principles without knowing His will, why do I do them? There's an answer to it. If I do the principles without knowing His will, why do I do them? There's a reason for it. The reason that we should do the godly principles is to do His will, right? Is to work His will. That should be the reason. If that is not the reason, which in the case of what he, uh, these folks He's up against, that's not their reason. If it was their reason, they wouldn't be practicers of lawlessness, would they? If I do the principles without knowing His will, why do I do them? Working according to His will, He gets the glory and the honor. If I do, if I work According to His will, the glory goes to the Father. All the honor goes to the Father. Working according to His will, He gets the glory and honor. He gets it. If I do it according to His will. But the problem comes in is that I want to do it according to my will. So the motivation becomes what? To bring glory and honor to the Father? No. To bring glory and honor to who? Me. 
A false prophet does the godly principles to work the godly power in order to bring glory and honor to them. That's why they do it. Because they want to sell the books. They want to pack out the halls. They want to take up the offerings. They want the money. They want the recognition. And they want the honor. And some of these false prophets will go out there and they get the money. and Because I'll tell you what, it's a whole lot easier to see someone who comes along and gives you a specific word and then just open up your checkbook and just write a check to them, isn't it? So why do people do it? Because it works. Because people will fall for it. Because they don't look at the fruits. They're looking at something else. And we're going to get into what that is in just a minute. They don't, they don't look at the fruits. He says, beware of false prophets. And he tells you, you'll know them by their fruit. Look at the fruit. Look at the fruit. We have been conditioned to not look at the fruit. We've been conditioned to look at something else. Because we're looking at something else, I'm not understanding. Because when I hear Jesus say, wait a minute, they cast out demons. Wait a minute, they, they, they did wondrous miracles. They prophesied in His name. You have to be. You have to be. You have to be let in. Because look at what you're doing. But you did it for what honor? Your own. Because you're a false prophet. You tapped into the realm of the Spirit to say things prophetically to people, but it wasn't what the Father willed them to hear. It was you, what you decided to tell them. Not you, the false prophet. It's what they decided to tell you in order to get you to write the check, to buy the book, to pack out the hall, to do whatever it is that they wanted to do. There's, there's, there's a reason for it. There's a motivation. Oh, don't give in to that motivation. Don't give in to it at all. Nope, you recognize, I want to see the fruit. You know, the, the little lady from Wendy's? Show me the beef. Right, remember her? Show me the beef. She was great. Oh, that was a great Wendy's commercial. Anymore? You know, people don't even always, always know about that, but show me the beef. Show me the fruit. Show me the fruit. Where's the fruit? I see the works. I don't see the fruit yet. Don't buy into works without fruit. What are fruit? Walking in love, gentleness, kindness, patience, long-suffering. These are fruits. You will find that some of these prophets, false prophets, are nasty to people. Harsh, cruel, demanding. That's not right. That isn't right. That's their flesh. And it's just all hung out there because they practice lawlessness. But they still go after the spiritual principles. Let's finish this off. 24. Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on the house, and it did not fall, for it was founded on the rock. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain descended, the floods came, the winds blew and beat on the house, and it fell. And great was its fall. And so it was when Jesus had ended his, these sayings, and the people were astonished at his teaching, and he, for he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. So we got two houses. Then the difference between the two, one heard and did. The other one 
heard. He heard. Hearing and doing beats hearing any day. You got to hear and you got to do. How many of you remember the algebra principles you learned in high school? You know why? Because you heard them, but you're not doing them. How many remember the geometry principles? Now, I told you the story, you know, algebra I struggle with. I got it much better. I got it down much better the second time. The second time is when I took my daughter through it. I got it. I had, I mean, it was easy. I took her through it as a piece of cake to understand. But I don't know. I was sitting there. Why did I struggle so hard with this the first time? This is easy. But the first time, oh, I struggled. But geometry, I didn't struggle with that. I got A's. It came easy to me. And I still, you know, sometimes in the, in the woodworking and the shop and stuff, you have to calculate some of that stuff out. And you know what? I can't do it. I gotta go look up the formula. I gotta find the right calculator or do something like that because I don't do it. <laughs> I may have learned it, but I don't do it. You don't do it. Goes away. Hearing and doing beats hearing any day. There was a friend who, who, um, who, uh, a friend who was telling this, uh, other preacher that he, uh, went and got a training course. You know, I don't know if he saw it on the, uh, advertise, or I think actually went to the conference and they had the thing and, you know, they told all the good things this, this memory course will do. And so he went out in the back and he bought the CDs and he bought the book and he bought the DVDs and he got it all. 200 bucks he spent on the whole thing. $200 package, went on home and got it and he put it away on the shelf somewhere. And his friend came up to him and he said, did, did you, did it work? Did it help? He says, I don't know. I can't find where I put it. <laughs> he never went through any of it. Couldn't find it. Not going to help you. Hearing alone doesn't help you out. You got to hear and you got to do. As soon as you hear, you got to put it to work. Then you got to hear some more and put that to work. And keep doing the stuff you had before. It's the doing alongside of the hearing that causes it to be successful. Got two stories. One who heard and did. One who just did or just heard. Storms come to everybody. You are not spared from storms. Storms will come. Winds, rain, all that sort of stuff. It's coming. It will come to you and your house sometime. He, he told you that. But if you're a hearer and a doer, your house won't fall. If you just hear, it's not going to work out so good. Now here's what you're missing. The world judges people by what they produce. The world judges people by what they produce. Heaven by who they become and are known by. Heaven judges you, folks, on who you become. Not who you were. Not what you came out of. They judge you. Heaven judges you on who you become. Now, who you become doesn't grant you entrance into the kingdom of God. Except in Jesus Christ does. But there's a judgment seat for the believers. Where all of our works are judged. And the good ones pass on. Heaven judges you who you become and are known by. You get up there and this isn't a scene because you go to one place or you go to the other and there's no, no scene to decide that. But anybody who shows up at heaven, Jesus, you know him? Yeah, yeah. I, I know. He's good. It's all who you know. Jesus is going to say to this group who did all these great things, I didn't know you. I don't know you. Understand this, you can, you can tap into the Spirit and you can do some miraculous things. You can pull some 
wonderful prophecies out of the air and tell people some great things. Apparently, you can even cast out demons and do wonders. But if you're not known by Him, then you probably did it for His glory. Now, here's the problem, folks. People get born again and they probably start off as a good prophet. Probably start off as a good evangelist or whatever Christian calling they, they went into. And they tapped into some of the Christian, some of the spiritual principles that God has at work. And they found out how they worked. And then they found out I can use those principles and make them work this way. And people will give me money. People will come to my meetings. People will buy my books. And CDs and DVDs and and I'll get money. And they begin to, they start off well, but they begin to fade on over. You know, Paul ran into some of those people and wrote about them. So be, be careful, this guy. He started out good. He, he really got off. He got off on the, on, you know, the money and the, all the other stuff. Can't get off on that sort of stuff. Don't let this scripture mess with you. He's getting right back down to this thing. Produce fruit. Fruit is not having a large meeting. Fruit is not casting out a whole lot of demons out of people. Fruit is not working miraculous wonders. That's not fruit. This works. That's produce. God's into the fruit. Not as much into the produce. He's into the fruit. But people switch over. And instead of being focused on the fruit, they begin focused on the produce. What is being produced? Prophetic words? We want to hear prophetic words. We want to hear the spectacular stuff. We want to hear this and, and that. Don't do, I love listening to, to people. They don't have to get up there and say, thus says the Lord. But I can hear the nuggets that God gave them as they teach. And sometimes as I'm listening to the, to the thing in my ear, working around the shop, and they'll say something, oh, oh, that's a prophetic nugget right there. And I go over and write it down. I want to make sure I remember that. That was a prophetic nugget. They didn't have to tell me that. They don't have to advertise it as such. No, 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 that's, that's something that came from God. I got that one. We've got to get off the area of being focused on the produce. Focus on your fruit. He didn't say by the produce you'll know them. He said by the fruit. You will know them by the fruit. You want to find out if a person is really sold out for God? They're really going after God with everything they have? Listen to the words. How much complaining comes out of their mouth? How much gossip? How much do they put other people down? How much do they elevate themselves? How much do they explain things from the Word so that your eyes are open to understand the Word of God? Or do they say things that make you doubt the Word of God and cloud your ability to understand it? You'll know them by their fruit. You'll know them by their fruit. Not their produce. Their fruit. Know them by their fruit. If you look at that person and up on stage... They're all nice and godly. And then when they come down off the stage, they're nasty and they're rude. Know them by their fruit. Know them by their fruit. You can know them 
you got a person who comes up to you and has this great word, prophetic word, and you're ready to, to govern your entire life by it. Know them by their fruit. But then how is it that God, in all His wisdom, would ever let a demon get cast out by someone who is walking this way? Anybody ever ask that question? No? Okay. Just you said yes. We'll talk about it later on. <laughs> no, I, I won't do that to you. <laughs> You're in the front. You don't see anybody else. not doing anything in the back. <laughs> no, I, there's more people than that. I know you're wondering because this is the question that we always have. But we're out of time. You can, you can hang a little bit longer? All right. It's real easy. So often, folks, we keep focusing on the people that are doing these things and saying, why would God use them and allow them to be deceived, to deceive people into following after Him? Why would God do that? Doesn't God realize that that shouldn't... Why would He let His power be used? You don't understand God. You don't understand God. God is so eager to get His people set free from demon possession, healed, miracles in their lives, that even if one has learned to tap into that power and has wandered, they still can tap into the power. But God, in His Word, has told us, here's how you spot them. Here's what you do. Look at the fruit. If the fruit's not there, they're probably a false prophet. So you know what? You can go out and you can get something done for you elsewhere. Because most of the times, folks, People who can judge fruit, do we need to be having demons cast out of us? <laughs> probably not. No, if we can judge fruit, we probably don't need demons cast out of us. But people who need demons cast out of them need that taken off so that they can, they can walk free of that and begin to come into the, into the things that God would have for them. People are under their oppression of, of some kind of miracle, uh, thing that needs a miracle. You know what, folks? There's ways to tap into it. What you learn how to tap into it the power is out there. The power of giving and receiving. Doesn't that work for the unsaved and the saved? The power of positive confession, positive thinking, of thinking the best in the situation instead of the worst. Does that work for the unsaved and the saved? Does the power of gravity work for the unsaved and the saved? Do you have to be born again in order to have gravity work for you? You don't do it. Is that not a force that God put in the operation? We don't have any, any problems with them working for the unsaved, do we? But you get into this area and we have a problem. You know what? Don't try and figure it out. If that person figured out how to tap into the power, it is the power of God that's going on. And God just wants His, his, his folks healed. If it's being tapped into for, from some other way, then they're probably not standing up before the Father saying, Lord, Lord, why? They probably know. Well, we... We were serving somebody else. So they're not really the people we're talking about. And there are some out there. There are lying signs and wonders. There are those things that can come out. Don't sit there and wonder about it. Know them by the fruits. Don't let people speak prophetically. Of the three, that is the most dangerous one. And that's why he said right off the top, beware of false prophets. Because they are the most dangerous ones. Because they can speak into you and they can alter your life. They can change the course of your direction simply because of what they said. And they may not even have any fruit. And folks, if they don't have any fruit, they may know how to tap into the power of God, but they don't know God. 
And you better be careful what you're hearing from someone who doesn't know God. The other ones, the power gifts, the wonders, you know, it's not going to affect you the same way. The, the, the beware is there about the prophet. Be careful because they will speak things into your life. Same thing can be said of a teacher. You make sure that any teacher that you listen to, make sure they got fruit. Because otherwise they're going to be saying things about the Word of God that you're going to believe. You better make sure they have some fruit. I understand it. Got both of those. Well, I put this in your, in your end there. We cannot determine a person's value to us by what they produce. Look at the fruit. Don't determine how valuable is this person to me because of the, what they produce. Look at the fruit. Look at the fruit. Some of the people that came to be the mean the most as far as teachers and, and, and people that you know were instrumental in colleges and Rhema and places that I went to, they were instrumental to me not because of necessarily the words that they taught or the, the great principles they got over to us. They got... It was, it was more the fruit in their life. I've told you the stories before. Brother, Brother Doug Jones, the reason he became such an influencer in my life is not because he taught the Word the way he did, though he taught the Word wonderfully. And all we've had him up here and we've all enjoyed him teaching. And I still enjoy, I find out he's taught somewhere. I love getting a hold of the tape and listen to it, love the teaching. But what helped me was the fruit I saw, the passion he had for the Word of God, the love that he had for people, the kindness, the gentleness, the patience. These were the things that I saw in him. I saw the fruit. I saw the fruit in Brother Hagen. Not just, the, I didn't just hear the words. I saw the fruit. And some of the people that in those years that became influential to me, for some of them, I saw them leave the fruit. Once they had the fruit and now they're walking another way and the fruit isn't there. And you know what? They don't influence me in the same way anymore because it's the fruit. Know the fruit. Fruit and produce. Don't get focused on the produce, folks. I know in the grocery store they may be the same thing. But in the things of God, they're not. God doesn't judge people by their produce. He looks at the fruit. What's your fruit say? I'll get your fruit up there. Focus on it. So you, last couple of weeks, we're going over how to get this habitually into you. To walk in a different way. To walk in such a way that, hey, harsh words don't come out of your mouth. Ungodly words don't come out of your mouth. False prophets, folks, are not just people who go around saying, Thus saith the Lord. For young men, a false prophet could be clothed in a beautiful body of a woman. For women, a false prophet could be clothed into a handsome man. Having all the characteristics that you want. That can be. And they can speak into your life. And they can say things. And they get you to compromise things and do things that otherwise you wouldn't have done false prophet. Know them by their fruit. What is the fruit of that person? Listen to their words. Look at their values. What is the fruit of that person? That will tell you whether they should ever speak anything into your life ever. Would you all stand up with me? Father, we thank you for the warnings you give us in the Word of God that you help us to avoid any pitfall that would come our way. Father, we are not just wandering around here in this earth without any guidelines, without any help. No matter how many strong signs and wonders may appear, we believe none of them. We look at the fruit. 
we look at the fruit. Father, I thank You for the fruit that is in our life and multiplying that the Father is pruning those that are bearing fruit that they would bear more fruit. We want to become even greater fruit bearers than we have in the past. We're not content with the level of goodness and kindness, patience, long-suffering, and all the other things. We're not content with the level we have. We can see, oh, I can, I can walk in a greater level of that. We want to do the will of the Father. We want to bring the glory to the Father. That's what sets us apart from those who cry out, Lord, Lord, look what we did. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen.